Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Grace to All with Paul Gray. And I have a fascinating new friend today that I'm going to introduce you to. I'm sure many of you are already familiar with Martin Brooks, but let me tell you a little bit about him. He's just been appointed the interim president of Peace Catalyst International, which is an amazing organization I'm just learning about. Peace Catalyst is located in 15 cities, three countries, and they focus on greater understanding between Muslims and Christians. They describe their work in four words, following Jesus, waging peace. And drawing on the teachings and examples of Jesus, Martin has worked with local churches and mosques to create safe spaces to ask questions and build greater trust between Christians and Muslims. He's organized dialogue events, service projects, iftar meals, and peace feasts with Palestinians, Syrians, Turks, Pakistanis, Somalians, Kurds, and Iranians. And he works with city officials, refugee agencies, local clergy, and interfaith groups to seek the peace of the city with mutual thriving for all. He recently helped organize the Big Table, a community potluck dinner in Louisville, which attracted people from across the city, bridging ethnic, religious, racial, and socioeconomic divides. And this Big Table event was held in a local part and attracted 1,800 people. Martin's been with Peace Catalyst since 2011, when he and his wife Susan returned from Turkey, Cyprus, lived with his family in Portugal, Mozambique, Ghana, Turkey, Cyprus. He's overseen missions, relief development projects in Afghanistan, Bosnia, Mozambique, Morocco, South Sudan, and Tanzania, if I'm saying that right. His wife Susan uses her artistic skills as a visual peacemaker. They're based in Louisville with their three children and nine grandchildren nearby. And I can't even pronounce all the places that you've served, Martin, so this is a, a great learning event for me. Welcome, Martin Brooks. Well, thank you so much. It's such an honor to be with you. Thank you. I appreciate you being here. And as we always do uh, when we start out our episodes of Grace to All, I want to ask you and like you to tell our listeners, Martin, how has your understanding of God's grace and unconditional love for all people, how has it affected you where the rubber hits the road in your relationships with your, your family, your kids, grandkids, coworkers, people when you uh, restaurants, when you go into stores, and uh, certainly for you, uh, people of different religious backgrounds? Yeah, I think that's uh, where it has influenced me the most in interacting with different religious groups, people that were not a part of my tribe, so to speak. I grew up in the Church of Christ, very conservative, Bible-believing. We went to uh, Turkish Cyprus, uh, the island of Cyprus. We uh, teased sometimes that we were doing uh, follow-up work for uh, Paul and Barnabas (laughs) uh, there in Cyprus. But my best friends there in Cyprus were Palestinians, 
that had lived in the Gaza Strip. And they had to sneak out of Gaza to get the scholarships and study internationally. But we were doing Bible readings with them, reading through the, the book of Luke. And I began to see them less as projects and more as genuine friends. Mm. We were seeking God together. We were considering what Scripture had to say about Jesus. And of course, Muslims and Christians view Jesus differently, but to have this concept of grace that God genuinely loves everyone at work in people who aren't a part of my group allowed me to stop trying to win arguments and to genuinely listen to and value the people that I was encountering, people created in the image of people that God loves and and that I should love. And loving means more than trying to manipulate them or, or try to get them into some belief structure that I was given as a child and, and young adult. Well, that, that's wonderful. I love everything you just said. And seeing people less as projects and more as friends, it reminds me of a musician friend I had who was an inventor. And he, by his own words, he was an atheist. And I won't go into all the stuff, but we started having coffee together. And I asked him to tell me about his other friends. And uh, he said, you know, I can count my genuine friends on less than the fingers on one hand. Really, well, describe a genuine friend to me. And this atheist friend said, well, a genuine friend, in his opinion, is somebody who sticks around even when they don't get what they want. Now, I was meeting with him. I liked him, but I was meeting with him at that time because I wanted to lead him to Christ. And boy, that really hit me. And I I said to myself and to God, I said, I'm going to stick around. I'm going to continue to hang out with him if he never has a scintilla of interest in Jesus. (laughs) I'm not going to treat him as a project. And that really helped me at just, just that relationship with him, seeing him as a friend instead of a project, started helping me see that with lots of other people too. And that reminds me of of two things. One is the saying that the only thing missing from friendship evangelism is friendship. (laughs) You know, if we we settle up, if we settle up next to somebody with an agenda, is that really friendship? And it's not. My Muslim friends, many times, they have certain things that they want Christians to know. They want you to know Jesus isn't God. They want you to know that the Bible's been corrupted and can't be trusted. And they want you to know that Muhammad is the last prophet. Now, these are things that are, that are very core to their identity and things that you know, most Christians wouldn't agree with. And yet, it's almost like devout Muslims have to get that off their chest. It's like this duty before God. They have to tell Christians because they they think we're in error in those points. And then if you're still there after they've insulted your faith, things can kind of calm down and and you can begin a a real friendship. And the same is true with Christians who feel like they have to share their faith and, you know, their understanding of who Jesus is. And if you can just get by this existential angst that people feel, perhaps we can get to the real relationship and God can do a work both in their heart and in ours yeah. as we value uh, each other. Yeah. A couple of words that you said, Martin, we, we feel like we have to. 
Boy, once we start seeing people, I would use the term through Christ eyes or from a Christocentric viewpoint, it takes all the pressure off. <laughs> I mean, there there is no agenda. Now, of course, we want them to see God's love and grace and experience it, but that's his job working through us and as us. Our job is just to be friends with them and to love them and uh, not to feel like we've got to get them to say something or sign something or agree to something. And boy, when it, when the pressure's taken off, it's easy. Right. And we have found that with Peace Catalyst, one of our core values is we don't try to convert Muslims. We think Jesus is amazing. We talk about Jesus all the time. We talk about Well, you've probably seen the illustration of being Jesus-centric or a bounded set. So the way I've seen it is somebody draws a cross in the middle of the page, and the question is, are you moving toward Jesus or away from Jesus? Many people want to draw that boundary. You know, when are you in? When are you out? And Peace Catalyst just doesn't focus on that. Our question is, are we moving toward Jesus where we believe there's blessing Or are you moving away from Jesus, which is going to cause problems for everybody? We're really Jesus-centric in that we point people to Jesus, and we leave who's in and out up to God. We let Him draw the boundary. You know, you look at the different flavors of Christianity and, and how we disagree on different things. So as we approach our Muslim friends, I don't want to say, you know, exchange your list of rules for my list of rules. What I want to say is Jesus is amazing. Uh, look to him, and I think you'll find life there, not only for you, but for all of us. That, that's how we pursue peace. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I read somewhere the other day there are uh, approximately 171,000 words in the English language, and there are approximately 40,000 Christian denominations. <laughs> so that's one denomination for every four words. <laughs> In yeah. our language, and there, there's a, <laughs> uh, which one is right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So interesting. Uh, yeah, set of statistics there. Yeah, it is. And heard that one. So, what you guys do with Peace Catalyst International? Uh, obviously, you've had a history of doing that all over the world. Your organization still is. You're located in Louisville. You're doing some things right there in the city. Do you have other cities, other places? Do you have little small groups around the United States and other places who are doing these things? Yeah, we're in 15 cities. And honestly, most of our people are bivocational. It's really hard to raise money to be a peacemaker in the United States. The evangelical churches, the conservative churches have been so focused on evangelism and what that means that I feel like we're only presenting part of the gospel. You know, we talk about the kingdom of God and equate that with heaven as though someday we'll die and then everything will be good. But we're called to be ambassadors of peace now. We're called to follow the the Prince of Peace now. Jesus said the kingdom of God begins now. And we're to participate in that. So we're in about 15 cities, but again, most of the people are part-time, and the different cities function differently. I do a lot in Louisville with the public entities. The uh, We've worked with the police chief. We've worked with the mayor's office. We have 17 mosque or prayer centers in Louisville. We have two Muslim schools that are 
uh, either elementary school or middle school up to middle school. And I've worked with all of them. We invite churches to to go into the mosque or we'll do a community event and invite Christians and Muslims to do them together. Because for me personally, what began to change my perspective was the friendship that I developed. And I began to see that many of the things I'd been taught about Islam as I was training to be a missionary were factually inaccurate or only partial truths. You know, we have 1.5 to 1.8 billion Muslims in the world, and they're about as divided as Christians are on many things. So, you know, you you talk to Muslims from different cultures, and, and they'll have a slightly different take on things. So you really have to learn to talk to the person across the table from you rather than dealing with the stereotypes that we're given websites and the media and different things that we might read. Are you saying we, we can't believe everything we see in the media? Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. And, yeah. and you'll, you'll find that just like in Christianity, many Muslims are just trying to get their kids through school. They don't want their teenagers to rebel. They're trying to find a car for their teenage driver. They're trying to get their kids into college. They're just dealing with the same issue. And if we can come together and share our collective wisdom, what have we found, then we're all better off. Many Muslims are not devout, just as many Christians are not. And again, we need to learn to deal with the person across the table from us. In the U.S., the Muslim populations between 1% and 3% of the total population. So when people you know, are making their, their claims about terrorism and Muslims are out to get us, again, most Muslims are just trying to live their life. And every family has the crazy uncle that we wish wasn't doing the things they're doing. You know, in Christianity, we have... Uh, you know, white nationalists that are hurting people. And uh, as Christians, we'd say, well, that doesn't represent my view about others. And if you'll talk to Muslims and, you know, they have terrorist people, most Muslims would say that doesn't represent my view. And we have to deal with individuals instead of stereotypes. Yeah. Well, that's great. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. Now, you mentioned, Martin, that you, uh, in Louisville, you, you invite churches to partner with you, if I heard you correctly, to, to go into mosques. Do you find resistance in churches to do that? Are people willing and open to do that? Are they, are they willing to do that without an agenda of, well, we'll go if we get converts? We do get resistance from churches. What you find is individuals get it are so divided, the conservative churches anyway, that for a pastor to say, we're going to do this, he risked dividing his congregation because we haven't, as Christians, we haven't thought through these issues of what does it mean to be peacemakers. We have looked at everything through the lens of evangelism. So... Again, Peace Catalyst is trying to provide opportunities for people to get to know each other. So, yes, I'll I'll go to a church and I'll speak sometimes and somebody will come and say, I'd like to do that. And I'll say, well, great. Let's go one Friday afternoon 
and attend what the Muslims call their Juma prayer service. It's it's their equivalent of Sunday morning when they gather. And if you go to the mosque, you'll see as you enter, you'll be asked to take your shoes off because they're going to be bowing down and putting their face to the ground and they don't want to walk where you know your shoes have been. So it's just a, a hygiene thing. And then you'll go in and you'll hear a sermon. That's usually, I've heard many, some better than others. And then after the sermon, the people will line up at the designated time for prayer. They stand shoulder to shoulder as a sign of unity, of of being together as a family. And then they go through their prostrations, their their prayer cycle, and then they leave. They go go back to work. Uh, You won't hear any talk about weapons or jihad or you know none of that it's just it breaks down the stereotypes even listening to the sermon you will hear sermons on things like how do we keep our kids faithful in the school system that won't let them talk about god or won't let them pray when the prayer times come around and you realize they're struggling with the same things we are yeah when you develop those relationships when you sit face to face with them or stand or kneel or whatever, you hear what they're interested in and what they're struggling with. Sounds pretty much just like everybody, doesn't it? Right. So we're trying to relate to God. And and this is where you get pushback from some Christians. You know, Christians will say, well, they, you know, they're not worshiping God because they'll say things like, well, if they've rejected Jesus, they've rejected God. And my answer to that is they are attempting to worship the God who created everything. They acknowledge the prophets of the patriarchs of of the Old Testament as being spokespeople for God. And they acknowledge Jesus. The Quran talks about Jesus. It does say pretty clearly that he is not God. But what I would say is that they reject our theology about God or about Jesus, but they don't reject Jesus. They accept him as a prophet. So where we differ is on our understanding of how does Jesus relate to God. So as Peace Catalyst, we just draw people in and say, look, Jesus is amazing. You honor him as a prophet. We honor him, too, as a spokesperson for God, the Christ spirit fully indwelling Jesus. And and our different people approach this differently. You know, we're trying to keep people in conversation. Sure. So let's read the the New Testament. Let's read usually the Gospels, what they refer to as the Injil, which is referenced in the Quran. And we we build bridges and, and keep pointing to Jesus and count on the Holy Spirit to show up and do what he does, not only in their hearts, but my heart too. You know, my heart has changed My love for Muslims has changed. That's wonderful. Just wonderful. Martin, our time is, uh, well, it's more than up. It's a little bit over, which which is fine. So we are going to have to draw this to a close. Hopefully we can talk more, uh, do another interview. But before we close today, in in addition to thanking you for being here and sharing your heart, tell people how they can find out more about Peace Catalyst International, how they can connect with you, where they can find you online. The easiest way is through our website, peacecatalyst.org. Our different people around the country uh, write blog posts there. But if you want to learn more about Peace Catalyst, that's that's the place to start. And there will be links to our 
uh, email addresses if people want to write us there. And you can maybe find out if Peace Catalyst is in your city. And if it's not and this interests you, maybe you should be working with Peace Catalyst. Send me an email and we'll talk. Great. So peacecatalyst.org, you can find out what you need to know there. You can explore them more. If it's appropriate, connect with Martin Brooks. You can find out how to do that there. And guys, just a wonderful organization, a wonderful work that you guys are doing. And Martin, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today and share your heart and share what you guys are doing. Well, thanks so much for the opportunity. Sure. And thank you all for listening to another version of Grace to All with Paul Gray. We'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.